Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, my sweet loves, welcome back to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique. And I am Sydney. How you doing today, Daddy? I am doing super fantastic. How are you? I am doing super fantastic Palavicious Expedition. Oh, get it. Remember that? Get it. I do remember. How did it go? How did it go? I refuse. Get it. Fragilistic Espialidocious. That's what this show is going to be today. Super Fragilistic Espialidocious. Because we're talking about it. We are talking about it, and hey, from Indonesia. Hey, from Indonesia. We had, we, we, uh, Israel was in here today. We, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about so it. So the topic today is on our brother in the NFL, Colin. Kaepernick. Colin. Kaepernick. We're going to talk about brother Colin Kaepernick because there's a whole lot of conversation going around about should that brother be almost should he take a stand by sitting down should he take a stand by sitting down which is our topic of the show today and we have to have this topic because it's really going on and it's happening and when you see that yeah baby here we go with some liberal stuff because what happens is my sweet brother in the periscope room right now these are conversations that normally we're very afraid to have and oftentimes y'all want to have conversations about who did who who did what to who and a bunch of bullshit that won't help us progress or get better this is a conversation that we must have because now we're seeing the effects of the beginning of this country and if you look at the very word that you use with here is some liberal stuff again. Let's look at that word liberal, Come on. as in liberate. So to liberate and to free one is to allow individuals to enjoy the very things that people are angry that Colin Kaepernick is able to take advantage of, which is his right and his inalienable right as a free man to sit down and through sitting down, He's actually standing up for the cause. And, you know, Seed of Abraham won. I, I, we would like to address you because you said, what about having black fathers in the home? And on your picture, you look like a black man with a baby in your arms. Are you a black father in the home? And if you are, we say good for you, brother, because there are a lot of black fathers in the home. And what does that have to do with what we're dealing with right now? But I wanted to address it with you when you say, well, we should start with black fathers in the home. And it feels like, brother, you're one of the brothers that, unfortunately, we run into. Everybody didn't agree with Dr. King. 
everybody didn't agree with we need equality. There were some black people, matter of fact, a lot of black people that were saying just sit down and be quiet. We should be happy with what we have right now. And I'm not saying that's definitively who you are, but there's always that feeling because when you do come in and have these conversations, it seems like you're one of those ones where I'm going to demean and degrade black people, but I'm looking at this black man holding a beautiful black baby. So that's the part where I think we continue to be at the bottom. And as you say, abortion is the number one cause of death of black folk. Where's the topic on your show? Maybe we'll have that one right now, but because we're focused in on what it is that we're doing, if you would be so kind to, since you have come into our home, be a part of the conversation and the topic if you so choose. If not, you might not want to be here because when you want to have your topic on that, you start your show, Seed of Abraham, number one. Until that time, <laughs> in the interim, in the interim, what we're having a conversation about is a young man who's using his platform to speak up for what he believes in. And the beautiful part is, because we live in this world we live in, you're free to say what it is. Come on. Where, what it is that you so choose to say. So let's go for the journey right now and see what it's all about. Let's go for it. And let's really understand why Brother Colin said, I'm going to sit this one out. And, Daddy, you pulled up the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Yes. Now, before we proceed in reference to Black Lives Matter, and you have my friend here, Abraham, the seed of <laughs> one. one, and I'm sorry if I missed, messed it up, but this is our Star Spangled Banner, the original. I'm going to read it to you. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rockets rig glared, the bombs bursting in air. I feel like I want to say it like Eddie Murphy would kill my landlord. Do it! Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave over oh, the land of the free and the home of the brave. On a shore dimly seen through the mist of the deep, where the foe's hardy host in dread silence reposes. Mm. What is that which the breeze or the towering steep, as it fitfully blows, half conceals, half discloses? Now it catches the gleam of the morning's first beam, and full glory reflected now shines in the stream. Come on. Tis the star-spangled banner, oh long may it wave, o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. And where's that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a, con- a, a, home and a country should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner and triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. I got to back up and say that one more time. Wow, Francis Scott Key's busting his rhymes. No refuge could save the hireling and the slave. Mm. From the terror of the flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave. Or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, thus be it 
ever when free men shall stand between their loved home and war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace may the heaven rescued land. Praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, and God is our trust. Mm. And the star-spangled banner is tri in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Come on now, give it up now. Give it up. Come on. For Francis Scott Key. That's what he wrote. And when you sing, when you see an individual that's singing about the, ha the home of the free and the land of the brave, as he speaks about the hireling and the slave, the question that I would ask you, do you not see the contradiction? Mm. How can we be in the land of the free and the home of the brave, but you're overlooking that you're using words like slave, unless we were invisible all along? So now a black man who comes from a place where in the history of this world that we live in, we were considered slaves and overlooked. Now this gentleman chooses to sit down and stand up, but now he's wrong. Kind of like a woman that I know that refused to campaign for an Oscar award, mm. but Hattie McDaniel, they told her they didn't want to see her show up. So Hattie McDaniel said, I'm going to show up, so Monique, you don't have to. Come on, now. Now, I didn't know you was coming with that. You oh, just filled me up. Now, should this I This is what, what we do now. This is what we do now. Where you at, Abraham? See the he had many sons. Many sons have father, Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. <laughs> so let's just thank the Lord right hand. I learned that from the River Valley Ranch in camp now. But I'm sorry, I digress. And when you read that out loud and we hear it, and then you still have people saying, yeah, but he should still respect it. Well, and then you're saying also, Abraham, why don't he, why don't Colin go into and speak to the black people about being black leaders in their household? What that brother is doing right now, brother, is saying to all the brothers and the sisters of every color, we must take a stand and not waver when we know it is wrong. We must not waver from what we know is right. And when you hear someone read that out loud, read that out loud, and then you come back with, well, what he should do is make sure he's being a black leader in his household. Are you doing that, brother? And furthermore, when you state that you already said that the song was racist, Seed of Abraham, okay? This is the topic of our show. So if that's what you say, then do you not understand why this gentleman, number one, the origins of the song, everyone should sit down. Number everyone. one. Everyone, if they knew it. But why do you think, Abraham, they took that information out? Kind of like why they take us out of history. Because if you take that out of history, you don't get a full understanding of the history that we've actually experienced in this society. So now it looks like people of color are playing the race card because you're now free. See, they told Martin Luther King, listen, there was a time we were once slaves. Now we can. They gave us our own water fountains. We should be happy with that. And he's saying, what? What? What are you talking about? So when you hear people speaking about who were back in that time saying the black church wasn't even a part of supporting 
uh, Martin Luther King back in the day. So when we fast forward and we see African-Americans who are not supportive of another African-American who is actually trying to stand up for all people of color because, as the old saying goes, unless all of us free, none of us are free. Mm -hmm. And that's including our white brothers and sisters, our Latin, our Asian. This is a stance saying, basically, if you don't think that this is real, then just turn on your TV because one thing that was said that was incorrect, they said the revolution will not be televised. That's all that's been happening. The revolution is being televised. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. He has to stand and fight where he can. Come on. His fight might not be um, any issue with the dad. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? If, it, if, if he can't, if he's not relating to that at the moment... He's standing and fighting where he where he can. He's taking a stand where he can. And I think that it's up to us or people who believe or people who follow him or people who agree with him to stand with him and where we can. Where we can. You know, it begins wherever we are, where we can, where we can show that this is the thing that we believe in or this is the thing that we believe is wrong and we need to change it, then that's where he is, and that's you know you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like and, that's and exactly a, where he is, and that's where he can show his solidarity for people who came before him, or to show that whatever his belief is, if 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 um, a person's belief is there should be more dads in the home, then encourage teen fathers to be a part of their kids' lives. Do it in your own neighborhood. Do it where you are. Start somewhere. As opposed to putting someone else down for their choice to take a stand wherever they are. This is his platform and if we believe it, then we're with him. If we don't, then we're not. And and I think that to criticize him and you're doing nothing, then I, I think that we should start with ourselves. In addition, Abraham just said, but he's rich. And what I want to say to you, even more kudos to him, because oftentimes when our brothers and sisters make money, that's the very time in which they become most quiet. Come on, Daddy. So it takes a lot Mm -hmm. of courage for a man who's at the forefront, who's going to take a lot of heat. And he's standing there and he's saying, I have it. Because imagine if the top people in the black community were to take a stand in the same way that he's doing. It would be a totally, pardon me, totally different picture. So the reality is, what type of human being must he be that he's saying, Check this out. I'm Colin Kaepernick. I make millions of dollars a year, but I'm still concerned about my people. And I was an orphan and I was a biracial guy and I was and I am a biracial man and I was taken in. So and I did have uh, and my father wasn't present, but still, despite my father not being present, I still learned how to be a man on my own. And whether you have a father in the house or not. It is dependent upon the individual himself in order to become a man. And it is people. See, this is one thing we need to remember, too. When Muhammad Ali first took that stand, 
And he said, I will not fight for a country that will not fight for me. I will not fight them Viet Cong because they ain't never called me niggas. The only place I've been called a nigger is in this place called the United States of America. Now, there were some bitch niggas who looked at Muhammad Ali like, oh, man, you shouldn't say nothing. Sit down and be quiet. Oh, no. But there were some brothers that was courageous enough that stood by that man and said what he's saying is right. And what made Muhammad Ali so great was not in the ring. It was outside of that ring when he did not know what was going to be in tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to take care of my family. I don't know what's going to happen with my livelihood. But what I do know is I'm standing for right. Now those same people who looked at that man and said, how could you do that? You need to be quiet upon his death. Y'all going to then come out? And speak about how right he was. See, there's another brother named Kirk Flood. And the only reason why there's free agency right now in baseball, brother seed of Abraham one, is because that brother took a position and said, wait a minute, I need to be able to be a free agent. You can't own me once my contract is up. I should be able to negotiate and deal with whoever I want to deal with. And when he died, what did the other ball players say? Well, when he died, I want to just finish what he went through. So that brother, Kirk Flood, had a conversation with his attorney. And he said to his attorney, what will be the outcome? That attorney said, just so you know, you will never play baseball again. They will blackball you out of this league. And then Kirk Flood said, but with the next ones coming in, will they be okay? And that attorney said, yes, they will. And that man said, then so be it. And he died broke. And he died with some health issues, and none of them took a stand. But when I watched that special that night on TV, all of the black players that played with that man that did not stand with him, they came and did that special, and not 50% of them, not 75% all of, of them. them, all of them, 100% said he was absolutely right. But I was scared. And as long as we keep being scared, as as long as we'll be at the bottom and in the goddamn back. And if you, seed of Abraham, if you, seed of Abraham, feel uncomfortable with what Colin Kaepernick is doing, we can't be mad at you because what we understand is you're a prime example of mental conditioning. Mm. See, you're a part of the system that will sing the Star Spangled Banner, but they're singing about slaves. They're ignoring the fact that they are human beings, and they're talking about, let's make America great again, whereby they're the invisible people and they're the visible people. And at the end of the day, when we live in a society like that, It's the reason why we can't say that somebody who's white is not our brother and someone who's black is because it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. When you see people in the Philippines that are arguing and saying, why are you killing up the black people? The president. The president of the Philippines. Why are you killing up the black people in the manner that you're doing America? And what happens is, again, we live in a world in which it's confused because at the end of the day, the people who are the police are people from the community. And the people that are in the community, they are just like the police. They are afraid to tell on the people in their community that who killed their kid, who shot their family, who did what they did. They're afraid to tell. Just like the police are afraid to tell on the bad police who did what they weren't supposed to do. But here's the interesting part. The same policeman that will stand up there because it's a black man who's standing at the forefront right now of policemen always giving his word. 
But I'm from a place called Baltimore, Maryland, mm-hmm. and the Baltimore police have had to file discriminatory suits against the Baltimore police office because as black officers they were mistreated and the question that I would pose to you is if there's internal discrimination what happens when these individuals are unleashed on the community what happens what happens so at the end of the day is Colin Kaepernick wrong now he didn't go up there with pistol shooting up talking about this is some wrong shit and I'm trying to stop it he simply sat down and we're getting all of this, but it's a blessing because it speaks to his brilliance because I never would have picked up the Star Spangled Banner to read the original version of it. And if we start reading, see, that's the key word you said, Daddy. If we start reading and finding out what happened in yesterday, then your conversations may be different today. And see, when we say, well, what is Colin doing? And he ain't doing shit. And, and, and the people that are saying it, as I'm looking in Periscope right now, y'all are black brothers. And that's the part that's disheartening because you're saying, what is he doing? He's taking a stand saying, hey, y'all, we can't keep standing up for what we know is wrong. That's all. That's all that baby is saying. We can't keep standing up for what we know is wrong. Now, for the brothers who want to keep standing, keep standing. And if you think you're teaching your little black boy at home that you hold in your arms, that you just be quiet and say nothing, but I'm going to be a good father at home, are you really Because what you're teaching your little black boy and our little black boys who will eventually grow up to be black men, you're teaching them to be cowardly. You're teaching them to be afraid. You're teaching them to be keep your black ass mouth shut because they're giving us water now. So I don't need you to say nothing. And it's 2016. It is 2016. And we're still having these conversations because what is happening now, the history is coming back to bite America in its ass. And you can't cover it up and you can't hide it. We've got to deal with it. And someone just said he's a shitty quarterback anyway. Check this out. He, If you say he's a shitty quarterback, that's that's fair for you to say. But what he's not is a weak human being. Mm-hmm. So... I'm sure he'd rather be a subpar quarterback than a weak human being that forgot about his folks because he got millions, because there's so many other people that forget about their folks and the struggles because they have millions, good sir. But that's the part, though, Daddy. That's the part that when you say, now that I have this money, I've got to be quiet because I don't want to lose it. Now that I live in this mansion and I drive this luxury car and my children are in private school and my wife can look decked out all the time, the subliminal message is I don't give a fuck what happens to nobody else because I got mine. And that is why my sweet loves, all that's listening, black, white, and every color in between, that is why the world is where it is right now because we forgot the statement, am I my brother's keeper? And not only that, It's one of those things where someone said just now, and I didn't get that little handle, that there they go again, black people blaming white people for their problems. What I would say is that we have to take responsibility for our own issues. However, if we're bringing out the injustices that have transpired in this society, the question that I would pose is what was incorrect about what we said? 
what was incorrect. If these are injustices and you can point to them. See, we live in a world where it makes sense and no one shudders at all when people of the Jewish faith speak about the six million people that were killed during the Holocaust. But no one seems to make note of the same situation. Oh, I'm sorry, not the same it was an estimated 600 million black people that were killed over a 400-year time span due to the slave trade. So when you say, how can that affect us now? Well, when we think that for 400 years, we haven't been out of slavery for 400 years. Come on, Daddy. So the trickle-down effect in the society, when was the moment that African Americans were noted as being mistreated and it wasn't when uh lincoln gave the emancipation proclamation because though they may have been freed in quotes when were they treated equal there was the 40 acres and the mule thing that never transpired so we live in a society where it's a bizarre thing that you find individuals of african-american descent who will begrudge others of african-american descent and you have white people who will stand up and say you mean to tell me you can't see the institutional racial the institutional racism so again we go back to this is not about color it's not about races and when you say it's going to be a race war well if it is a race war it will be humanity against humanity because mm-hmm. there's only one race and that's the human race people are of different colors and we begin to say some of the same bullshit so much that you really believe that they're different races of people when we say they're homo sapiens we are homo sapiens at one time on this earth there live multiple races of people <laughs> I got to laugh at that one right there. Hey, <laughs> so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where we're, all we're saying is pay attention to the world around you. No one's blaming anyone, but how can you blame a man for standing up for what's right? And I think that's the issue. And I want to say from personal experience, just from the experience I've dealt with for having to take a stand. To say, hey guys, we can't keep accepting these low wages as black actors and actresses because what do we leave for the next ones coming? We can't keep accepting our films that have to be low budget films, but they make the most at the box office on in most situations. So when I had to take that stand to say, hey, no, I can't accept that offer because it just does not make sense. And what about the little girl who's not born yet? Well, the same thing that this brother's getting right now is the same thing I got. Mm -hmm. But let me be clear about it, where I got it from. Not just white people in Hollywood. No, it was us, y'all. And when I say us as black people, it was us saying, Monique, be quiet. Monique, what are you doing? Monique, you're being your your husband is outbidding you. Huh? Like mm-hmm. and, and it made me say, Okay, I don't know what's in tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if Hollywood will ever say we'll play with her again. I don't know if they're going to say, listen, she's too much of a problem because she wants diversity behind the scenes. I don't know. But what I do know is I could not look my children in their face if I know I'm accepting something that's unacceptable. I remember getting a tweet, a direct message tweet from Kim Whitley. And Kim Whitley said to me in that tweet, 
you've said enough. Now it's time to be quiet. And I had it. I sent her a direct message back and I said, sister, stop in the name of love before you break my heart. Because and this is why we do this show. We ain't calling nobody out. We're calling them up. I've had to have conversations with my sister to say what they're offering you is unfair. And you can't accept that. I've had to have conversations with my sister when she gone into meetings and she's the only famous person in the meeting. And everybody else is white, but they're telling her, you've got to tell me what qualifies you for this but none of them have experience that you have. See, we've had to have those kind of conversations through tears. And then when you send me a tweet that says, be quiet, well, what are we teaching our babies? What are we teaching the next little group of people that's coming through to say, listen, once you get it, be quiet. When Lee Daniels offered me the movie to play play Mike Epps' grandmother in the film Richard Pryor, and he told me they were going to offer me $300,000. My husband said, that is no way we can accept that because, y'all, I was paid $350,000 when I did Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins. That was before any awards. So now we're here. And when he says, we can't accept that, and then he comes back with, he's outbidding you. Now, guys, I won the award, not just this one, but awards around the world. And he comes back with, he's outbidding you. And that was an offer of $300,000. At what point do we say, this is not right? So Colin is saying, through all of my millions, all of my millions, this is not right. And that baby don't know what's going to be in tomorrow. And that's the, the strength I think we need to hold on to. When you make a statement and you don't know what's in tomorrow, but you simply believe in what you're doing is right. And then when you say to someone, tell me what I'm doing that's wrong. Right. And nobody can tell you what you're doing wrong. Right. And I prefer that numbers not be given, but my wife speaks freely, which is her right to do, because a lot of people out there are like, well, $300,000 sounds like a whole lot of money. And people can't grasp that. Mm. But the reality is, when you're in a business and you see Denzel Washington speaking about early in his career where he was offered a role, which was essentially a role of the nigger who, the nigger who wouldn't, <laughs> die, wouldn't die. And they offered him 600000 back then, early on in his career. But they are offered an Academy Award winning three hundred k. It's no different than in the world of parity of an individual who's working at Walmart that should get 15 an hour, but they're offering them uh, five, six, seven an hour. So especially when based upon your presence in something, you're generating substantial amounts of money in order to get that done. So at, at the end of the day, the conversation, it needs to be had. And this is not the blame game. It's the awake game because When we look at the landscape around us and we're talking about let's build a wall to keep the Mexicans out, the Mexicans were the indigenous people of this land, but now a wall is being built up to keep them out, and we're going to applaud for them. No different than the Native American who were mad at the African Americans who were fighting against the Native Americans after they had been enslaved by the Europeans. No one is exempt from the ridiculousness. And I'm going to stand up and say that at the end of the day, when we look at who we are and we say, if our brothers are not free, 
and somebody put the Mexicans don't care for black. I don't know what Mexicans you know, but to make a blanket statement about Mexicans don't care for blacks, they are Mexicans and blacks who are married. Come on. So that's inaccurate. So what we're not going to do is, we, at this spot, this is a place of love. And we're not going to sit there and say the whites of this and the whites of that. What we will say is there are people of all colors who don't get it right. There are people of all backgrounds who have experienced racism and are against it as it pertains to others. And you should feel terrible. You cannot retort with a racist comment to someone that's treated you racist in a racist manner and think that that's progress. You've got to be strong enough and bold enough to say, at the end of the day, I'm just looking for the, the like spirits who say, how can we all be free together? How can we all share in this situation together? And people of color that look just like us, we have to take responsibility and say, we're not perfect. Mm. We're not victims, though we've been victimized. But a great deal of the, the, the disparity that's transpired is because of our thinking. And we have to break the conditioning of our thoughts and really see what it is and look behind the scenes and be bold enough to love everyone. Come on, Daddy. It, it takes courage to look at someone who may be white and you automatically think, that they are some sort of racist, and they're not. A prime example, we were coming back from Cleveland, Ohio, and Monique happens to have this comforter, that that's uh, this quilt that uh, has individuals from our history, black history on it. And it was an older white gentleman who said, who looked at it, he was like, wow, that's a beautiful quilt. Is Martin Luther King on that quilt? And folks chuckled, and we said, whenever it's, uh, someone of color, we think about Martin Luther King. And this older white gentleman says, yeah, because I marched with him mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? In looking at him, you wouldn't have ever ascertained that he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. But he did. So it says broaden your scope because despite our color differences we are all human beings, and if we were not, why is it that we all share on the same planet? Why is it that we still walking on the same ground? If there was a superior race of people, they wouldn't need their feet because they could hover above the ground. <laughs> they could trans. They would need cars and shit to transport them they- because they're superior. So whenever we have real conversation and real dialogue, we'll stop talking about the color and start talking about the type of human beings behind the actions that makes it seem like Mm. it's about color, but it's about class. Because as much as we want to talk about poor black people, here's the quiet secret they don't want you to know. There are way more poor white people than there are poor black people. You think that black people are draining this society due to food stamps and welfare? Well, if we make up 15% of the population and they make up 60, however, numerically, could that be possible? We we can't be if we're the minority. If we're the minority, how could we be draining it? So we live in a world in which we get misinformation from the 1% who pulls the strings. And what this really is about is not race, 
because we're all of the same race. It's about color sometimes, but what it's primarily about, it's about classism. It's about if you don't have one of, as you know how we hate to see, you could be on a college campus and somehow a news reporter will say, will get the, the black person to interview who may be a little less than articulate. Okay. <laughs> a little less than articulate. <laughs> and, and what happens is the same way they do that and people of color cringe is the same way that the 1% cringes when you see extremely poor white people because they don't want that secret to be known. But if you saw how many poor white people there are in this world, there's a level of understanding that almost dictates that you would have the amount of poor people who were of Latin descent, of African-American descent. And yes, do we not do what we're supposed to do? Absolutely. We have to take that responsibility. We have to. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's more, and again, poochie vicious, (laughs) <laughs> poochie vicious. Poochie, poochie vicious. I'm not saying that it's not about race. What I'm saying is because if you listen, when I say it's not about race, race, we're all the human race. What I'm saying is oftentimes it may be about color. However, a large part of it is it's about the finances and it's about the class that we're in. And I think if we really put our energies into, again, am I my brother's keeper? Now, when they said that statement, it wasn't in my, my brother's black keeper and my, my brother's white keeper and my, my brother's Asian keeper. Simply, am I my brother's keeper? And we got so far away from that, that it almost feels like every man for themselves and for the ones who do take a stand and say, I got to take a stand for us. Then you feel like people are looking, saying, but why? Why would you stand up for us? Don't you know that never works? Well, If we keep standing, maybe it will. It's just that we get nervous and then we sit back down. Because we'll say, well, nothing happened in 30 days, so let's sit down. You saw what happened when they said we won't catch the bus. Well, economically, when it started affecting the dollar, things got changed. Mm -hmm. When we stopped catching them buses, they said, wait a minute. We got a situation here because now it's hurting our pocket. So if we as people, not just black, not just white, not just yellow, not just red, if we as people, because again, as you say, Daddy, when you watch Black Lives Matter, they're not just black people out there. Mm-mm. There's every color, every gender. There's everything out there saying, listen, y'all, this is a major situation. But if we stand together just for what is right. I can stand with, we can stand with our white brother James, who was white and Mexican, because we're just simply standing for what's right. If a, so that we're clear, if you are black and you do something you weren't supposed to do and it's wrong, your wrong ass got to be dealt with. Wrong. But when it seems like, when it's white oftentimes, and you've got to be dealt with, you get dealt with differently. These young men around on these college campuses that's raping these girls and getting absolutely no time. But then you see a black young man that got the same charge, and he's gone to jail for years. We can't act like that does not exist. We can't act like when a black woman in Florida shoots a fire, a, a, a warning shot to her husband that's on record that was abusive. A warning shot. No one got killed. No one got injured. They tried to give this woman 20 years in jail for a warning shot in the same place where George Zimmerman is. But then you see George Zimmerman get away scot-free. So this is what we're saying, my babies. 
This is what we're saying. If we just pay attention to what's happening, if we saw, just so you know, if we saw two black men or two black girls beating up on a white man or a black girl and they trying to rob and steal from them, get their asses and lock them up because they're wrong. You can't make that right. Can't we can't right. say, oh, well, because they grew up poor and that's the only thing. That, no, that's just wrong. But how come it doesn't go the other way? Had a white person, had a white football player said, you know what, Colin? You're absolutely right, brother. And I'm going to sit with you because this is just not good for humanity. Mm-hmm. Not black and white. If a white player sits down with Colin, then what do we say? Then what do we say? Do we still have the same fight or do we then say, you know what? What he's saying and makes a point. But where it becomes a problem for us is, and I'm going to say it again, simply because that young man took a seat. He took a seat, y'all. He took a seat. He didn't say, you dirty net. Mm. He simply said, I'm going to take a seat. Because our baby Gabby Douglas didn't put a hand on our chest to say the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever that was, people lost their mind. It's like, but is anyone losing their mind? And at Brian Ocean, you said it took a half-breed to stand up for our rights. What you got to understand is this, my man. Mm. The world, it, it took a human being Thank to you, stand Daddy. up for other human beings' rights. Because that man... It even takes more courage for someone who may be a mulatto because they can't identify with whites because whites may say you have black in you. You can't identify with blacks because blacks are quick to think because you're mulatto, you're considered a non-offensive black. And now you have more opportunities than me. So there's a level of begrudgment. Oh, I'm sorry, Bry at Bry Ocean. Uh so that do that being the case, it's one of those things, even more courage for him to identify with the injustice, because where does a guy who realistically he's only a human being that happens to have genetics from an individual that was white and an individual who was black. But nonetheless, these two individuals came and made a human being. Mm. So when we start uh, uh, and again, at Briar Ocean, I think you are of color. I think you identified yourself to be that as of color. It's the reason why there's racism within, or it's racism within the our own color. Okay, there's colorisms. I would say colorisms, colorisms within our own color because we get mad at people because they're light. They're mm. they are half breed as you call them half breed as if you've just mixed a Scottish Terrier with a cocker spaniel. Okay, come on, man. But even when you say something like half breed, imagine how that makes a child feel. See, Bree Ocean, Bri Ocean. Imagine when you say to someone that's a half breed. So now we got babies in school hearing this foolishness. You're a half breed. What does that mean? Doesn't mean I'm not a whole breed. Doesn't mean I'm mixed with alien. What does a half breed mean? But it's that kind of foolishness that damages us and hurts us. And we take that ignorance from childhood and when we become ignorant adults and we feel freely to say that's a half breed. Please, that brother is a whole breed of human. 
Now, I know some half-breeds. I know some aliens. I've seen oh, it. Oh, my Lord. I've seen it. I've seen it. I said, Lord, that's, that, that ain't all human right there. That ain't all human. That ain't all human right there. But I ain't never met a half-breed that's called a human being. But I've never met that, it. What does any of that have to do with the stand that he's taking, really? It has nothing. Or the position that he's taking mm-hmm. for the wrong that's being done. It doesn't It doesn't matter. Like, where he came from, who he is, what whatever, right is right and wrong is wrong. And if he if he covered himself completely and we didn't know what his complexion was at all and he still said, Listen, I'm not gonna stand up while they while they sing this tune because I don't believe in it. And it and it and it could be true for any person at any religious event who attends because they support a friend. Well, there's certain things that I'm not gonna participate in because I don't believe in that portion of the ceremony, so I'm just gonna have a seat. So it it doesn't matter what a complexion is, what um what a gender is, what 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 religious beliefs or backgrounds, who their parents were or whatever. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And if you don't believe in it and you feel firm and strongly enough to stand up for it or stand down for it, then do so. And to your credit, at Brie, when you just said you're right, that mulatto does sound better, that (laughs) speaks to the decency that is in you that may not have come out had we not had this conversation, Mm. which speaks to why Colin Kaepernick sat down, because it may create dialogue with this with decent people like yourself who hadn't considered what he was standing up for because at the end of the day they didn't think about what he was standing up for until they're hit with pertinent statements and questions and issues to open your mind you know so it's one of those things where quietly he doesn't realize or he may have realized what type of conversation that this will spawn, but hopefully this will open up individuals' minds on different levels. You know what's, what's sweet, though, as we address Brie Ocean? Because sometimes, Daddy, when we're in a periscope and we could be working out on something and somebody says something really off the wall or nasty or ugly, and then they'll say, Mo, block them. And I'll say, no, I'm not going to block them because this might be the day that they change their heart. And when you change your heart, as Dr. King said, you change your mind. So with this Sister Bree, and we're saying sister because that's the picture that you have up, Bree Ocean, with this Sister Bree Ocean, again, sis, it takes a strong person to say, you know what? I didn't consider that. Mm-hmm. And that's why this show is so important mm-hmm. because there have been so many conversations, Bree, that I've had with my husband in the closet that I was so adamant about the stand I was taking. And there was nothing he could say to me or nobody else could say to me. And sometimes, baby, we'd be in that closet for hours until something would click. But what I'm grateful for, he was patient enough not to give up on me and say, you know what, then believe what you want to believe because now I'm going to walk through a lifetime of believing something that I don't want to get 75 and say, damn, I never even took the time out to get my ego out the way and consider what you were saying. And once I consider what you were saying, you're absolutely right. And he'll say to me, mama, it's not about me being right. It's about you looking at it differently to maybe give you a different perspective. So, sister, you hung in there long enough without running, 
like a lot of cowards will do, they will begin to run because now I don't have the answers to what you're saying. What I was expecting was a fight. And if you fight me and we start calling each other names, well, then I ain't got to deal with nothing. Right. But if you, st- and, and I have been guilty of that, my babies. I have been guilty. I want to raise my voice. And my baby will look at me and say, once you get finished, we can now have a conversation. So you were brave enough to let it happen. And now when you say we are all learning, thank you. See, that's why, again, Daddy, I'm going to say it. But say it, Mama. Go on. Monique and Sydney's open relationship is so needed. And for the people in here saying this needs to go on television because it's needed, we appreciate y'all for saying that. Because what we can't bring y'all is bullshit. We can't do it. And sometimes people will say, well, Monique, you talk too much. Please know I'm only talking from my heart. I don't know how not to do that. I don't know how to fill in a certain part and keep out a certain part. And yes, I gave those numbers and those figures because you we have to take a look and say, is it fair? See, when you start seeing how they'll, in athletics, professional athletics, they will post their incomes. They will tell you what they signed those deals for, Right. When you look in the entertainment field of actresses and actors, ask them to post our incomes. Just ask them to post the income. See, we know what the little baby getting from Hunger Games. They posted it. Ask them to post everybody's, and you will see the unjust, the unbalanced, the unfairness. You'll see it. And I'm saying post everybody's, not just theirs. We don't just want to know what Jennifer Gardner's making or Gwyneth Paltrow is making. Let us let post everybody's. But what happens is some things we got to keep under wraps because we don't really want you to know. And what this baby is saying is we're not going to keep it under wraps. Could y'all just please read the national anthem? Before you start telling me how disrespectful I was and you can't believe I didn't stand up, could we please just read it out loud? For all the news outlets that's doing it right now and all the shows that's doing it, no one has said Let's post it and let's read it out loud so we can try to understand where you're coming from. Even the uh, pledge of the song, My Country Tis of Thee, sweet land of liberty, let freedom ring, Mm. land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. And brothers around here talking about, well, wait a minute, it's because of the pilgrim's pride that my father's died. Talk about it. So when you listen to these songs, it speaks to how it's not inclusive of the individuals that happen to be of color, and it's not the fault of the whites who are here today. The fault comes into play when we stop saying they should get over it. They're playing the race card. When you start looking at the details and all we should be saying is how can we work together? How can we work together? Because if we don't work together, we're going to lose together. Mm. We're dealing with individuals that are bombing airports. We're dealing with murder, black-on-black crime. We're dealing with Crimes with white-on-white crime, you just don't hear about it. Police taking advantage of the citizens, citizens shooting at police. And at the end of the day, we're being blinded by labels. You're being blinded by labels because the policeman who was shot by the individual in the community, he 
belongs to a community himself. He belongs to a community, and someone's father was killed. So at the end of the day, the very people that we're complaining about, they come from our communities, or they come from some community. So what we got to understand is it's not the policemen against the citizens. It's the citizens against the citizens, and sometimes the citizens are dressed as policemen, but nonetheless, they, mm. they're citizens. And sometimes the citizens are just dressed as citizens in the community. But when you hear about uh, 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 the individual in the neighborhood that belongs to a gang and the people whose child that they killed, they're not going to tell on him. Mm. They're, gonna, they're not going to tell on him. They're going to deal with it themselves. But now we can't understand why the police, they won't tell on the police until the police are starting to tell on the police about discrimination internally amongst the police. So what does that tell you? We are all in the same boat trying to work it out. And if people just take the time to be honest, come on, to be real and say, I'm not going to sit there and watch you because of your color. I'm not going to sit there and watch you because I don't know you get taken advantage of. I'm not going to do it. And then watch how the world stops trying to take advantage of the world. Watch how the world stops trying to take advantage of the world. You know, I, I want to share this story, Daddy. Kick it. But I won't use any names, but I want to share this story. There was a time that there was a uh, stylist, and she was a black woman. And she had an assistant, and her assistant was a white woman. And I saw this woman snapping her fingers and clapping at her assistant, like, get over here. And she's snapping, and, and I saw it, and I watched the white sister back up in fear. And that day, that sister, that was a black woman, lost her job. And the white woman got that position. For me, it had nothing to do with color. It had everything to do with humanity. And when you treat a person as if they're an animal, mm -hmm. that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. So again, we ain't getting so caught up in black and white. We're getting caught up in humanity. Just so happens that the skin color of these people that are being mistreated happen to be black. And the treatment that we can see outwardly Oftentimes, it comes from people that are white. Sometimes it comes from people that are black, too. So we ain't negating the fact. But what we're saying to y'all is, because some of y'all are coming in here saying, oh, here we go with this black and white shit again. No, here we go with humanity again. But we've been so conditioned and traditionalized in this country that they've put us against one another. And in 2016, we are still fighting the fight against one another. Because with our brother Colin, if y'all just read the national anthem for yourself, read it for yourself. I ask white men to read it, Latin brothers, hey, read it for yourself. And then you say, as a human being, does this make sense? As a human being, if someone had enslaved me as a human being, do I then sing their songs as if they belong to me? If someone has beat, whipped, brutalized, raped, murdered, maimed, killed, decimated communities, do I then put my hand on my chest and say I pledge allegiance? 
Do I then sing this song with pride and glory? And it don't have nothing to do with black and white. Just humanity. Because I guarantee you, if a green bitch come down here with four eyes and six titties, Mm -hmm. we going to all get together. Y'all saw Independence Day. Didn't everybody bond together? We didn't care who was black, white. We just knew we was human. And these goddamn people got tentacles and wings and shit. Mm -hmm. So we came together. Mm -hmm. So if we take the time out to speak of humanity, to say, how do I want my other human brothers and sisters to be treated because I want to get the good treatment too so I'm going to pass the treatment off to them then we get much better so right now with our brother Colin before y'all start before the society starts jumping on he did this is bullshit and he should just take a seat and he should just be grateful don't look at his color look at the humanity and then let's see what we can come up with because there are some people that have become colorless because of what they stood for. And when you do look at Muhammad Ali, and I remember that scene in the movie where it was Muhammad Ali, Boudini, um, uh, what, what was this guy? I don't know what scene you're talking no, about. The, when when um, Don King tried to talk slick to the white guy. He was talking about his, his trainer, his tra- Angelo Dundee. Angelo Dundee. And Don King told that man to shut up. And in the middle of that press conference, Muhammad Ali said, ho, 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 ho. That's my brother. What's wrong with you? Don't you ever talk to him like that? I so respected that. It had nothing to do with color. That man was just out of line. You don't tell another grown person to shut up. Who you think you talking to? And in that same movie, Vietnamese walked up to him and said, thank you. And he and the lady was like, "What are they thanking you for?" He was like, "I don't know." But the audience realized that they were thanking Muhammad Ali because he said, "I'm not going over there to kill no Viet Cong. Ain't no Viet Cong ever called me no nigger." And again, if we pay close attention to history, why is it that we wait for? It doesn't have to be an an, an advocate to die and then find out what they were advocating was something that was positive we do that with artists we do that with singers see people they beat michael jackson into the grave but then he died now everybody crying come on that everybody got something to say when you're alive so what we're saying too is be brave enough to be yourself be brave enough to not allow anyone to embarrass you out of this life Be brave enough to stand up for others even when you have no skin in the game because what someone would ask is, why would Colin Kaepernick do this? Because you could say he has more to lose than he does the game, but still we're going to ridicule him? We're going to ridicule him? Like, you could say he don't have no skin in the game, but he does because at the end of the day, and as never forget 9-11, everyone is racist, Freud called it the id, and the id is that thing in us that makes us act impulsively or think impulsively, but our ego and conscience will back that up and support it. You know, you walking down the street and you just see somebody bent over your ear to say, you should just kick them in the ass for no reason and shit. <laughs> but your ego will say, well, he's six foot five. They might whoop my ass if he turn around. And plus, that's just not the right thing to do. 
That's it. So when you say that everyone is racist, I believe everyone has had a moment where they said that black this, that white this, because if I said this white this, I've also said this black this. Does that is that a racist comment? It could be definitely be construed as that. However, at the heart of who you are, are you trying to be a racist? Do you really think that white people are better or black people are better just because of their skin? Latin people are less, you know. So again, when you have a guy like Donald Trump, come on, who says I think that I would be treated unfairly because the judge is of Mexican descent. What he just said was like the black people who have been mistreated by all the white judges throughout history. I don't want that same thing to happen to me because he's of Mexican descent. Now, the reality is the color of your skin is not going to be indicative of the treatment that you're going to get. But what he did speak of was something that he was aware of behind the scenes. And that is he realized one's aesthetics can change the dynamics of the situation. And why? Because he's probably seen it and been a part of it. Y'all, we talked about it today. We talked about it today. We talked about it today, our brother Colin, and and, and we're going to keep uplifting him. We're going to keep saying, hey, baby, and not just him. We uplift anybody that says, I'm going to take a stand against what's wrong. Never forget 9-11. No white people suck. Black people suck. Spanish people suck. Men suck. Women suck. At the end of the day, we love you 9-11. We love you 9-11. You know why? Because what you show is the reason why we have to be reasonable in your unreasonability. So if you're strong enough not to get mad at 9-11, you're strong enough to make it in this world and help us bring folks together. Because unfortunately, 9-11, I know you good in your heart. you just ignorant in your tongue. <laughs> you know how. In your fingers. you just ignorant in your tongue. That's all. You know how people say, old people say, mind your manners. Mind your mouth. Because your manners I can't slap. Your but your mouth, I can't. That's, that's, that's something that you tell young kids now. Mind your mouth. The hell with the manners. So, y'all, we want to thank y'all for listening today. You know, and I'm going to keep saying it till I can't say it no more. This show is necessary. It's necessary. It is necessary because just from the comments we're getting here, some agree, some don't agree, but it's starting a dialogue that we've not been able to have without it being a cuss-out, blow-down argument and carrying on. And again, Brie Ocean... You are the reason why, my sweet baby, that we must continue to do this show. Because if y'all notice, Seed of Abraham won. He went away. And look, at Never Forget just said, thank you both. So when you have an individual like that, yes, you, you know people are good in their heart. You just got to fight through the outer ridiculousness, sink through, and then see what happens. So with that being said, but I, 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 I know, Daddy, but I want to tell y'all it works because I'm that person with that hard shell. It was hard to break. You got to just keep on going and standing there. That's it. So with that being said, if any of y'all are going to be in Cleveland, Ohio next weekend, we're going to be at the Funny Bone, baby. Get in our chuckle on. And if you got a comedy club in your area, get to it because right now we all need laughter. That's it. I am Monique. And thank y'all very much for tuning in to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. You are who again? I'm your wife. <laughs> yes, you are. Ow, I am Monique. And I am Sydney. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. 
It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. Mwah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.